That in dog was this episode of Says Who is brought to you by you. And my dog. And all dogs. All dogs bring you Says Who. You, Isn't you that can, right, Zelda? You can still hear it, can't you? Yeah, it's great. Who doesn't like a dog? <sighs> Only bad people. That's right. right. If you go to Patreon right now, Patreon slash says who, my dog will love you. Is that right? Sure. Did I do it right? Sort of. It's been a long I mean, week, Dan. Yeah, you were, you were Please help 80% us. there. Listen, that's where we're all living now in says whovia. Come join us. Come join us at patreon.com slash says who. Hey, hey, it's Maureen. Guess what? Next week. What? Ne- next week, my book comes out. Woo! The Vanishing Stare. So listen, if you haven't read Truly Devious, you need that one to read this one. It's out in paperback right now. It's pretty cheap. You can grab a copy. You can read it. You can get The Vanishing Stare. I, if you order this, I will just, I'll come to your house I'll swifter. I'll rearrange some stuff and I'll leave. That's my offer. That's my pre. That's my pre-order offer. Hmm. I think your publisher might have a disagreement there. I love to swifter. That's my pre-order. Isn't it called Swiffer? Look, it's swift. It's swifter. It's swift. Order my book. It's banishing stare. It's a mystery. Am I doing this right? Yeah, you're great. Blue Apron. No. What? Uh, hello, welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your order, please? Uh, yeah. Can I get, uh, 50 cheeseburgers, 100 Big Macs, um, can I get chocolate milkshake in a, like a bucket? But like one of those um, big buckets, like the the paint cup, like a uh, one of those industrial size buckets that they have at Home Depot. Uh, all your fries, in I'll just put those in the trunk. Um, uh, I'll take um, sixty six orders of McNuggets and uh, a Coke. Okay, that was one Coke. That'll be $2.43. Director, please. No, no, 50 cheeseburgers. Did you get that? One cheeseburger. 50 cheeseburgers. 15 cheeseburgers. 50, five zero cheeseburgers. That's a lot of cheeseburgers, sir. Yep. Uh, Sir? It's okay. 100 Big Macs. One Big Mac. 100 Big Macs. I'm going to have to get my manager, sir. It's okay. A a bucket, not a small bucket, but a big bucket of chocolate milkshake, like an industrial-sized bucket like they sell in Home Depot, one of those, the big plastic ones, the big ones. Um, All the fries, you can put those in the trunk. Um, 66 orders of uh, 20 nuggets each. You're You're making me very nervous, sir. Again, it's it doesn't matter. Uh, I uh, did you get the? Can you read my order? Can you read my order back to me? 
12 fries a big gulp. No. Seven whoppers. No. Look, I don't want to stress you out. I'm I'm very stressed out. This isn't normal. But I'm from the White House. I'm now I'm even more stressed out. I have a football team coming to the White House and I got to get the food for the the meal. You know what I mean? Do you ever have to cater a meal at a white at the White House? Most people call a caterer. They don't drive through a fast food place where you usually just buy a sandwich. I know. I know. We have have a kitchen staff too, but they're all furloughed. So I I gotta, uh, I gotta come here. So I'm going to need a, like a bucket, a bucket size of the, of the, the milkshake. I'm I'm sorry, sir, but they're, they're professional caterers that you could hire. They will Uh, cook it there. Your food's all going to be cold. Uh, this is, um, did I say, the, did I, I did tell you this is for the White House, right? Yes, sir, I do did. Okay, again, I just, it's okay. Uh, I, um, just give me all your food. All of it. I'm going to pull up to the, ne- here's what's going to happen. I'm going to pull up to the next window, and you're going to give me, you're just going to start taking all the food you've got in the restaurant and just throwing it into the car. I'm calling the police. Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I'm Maureen Johnson. And I am a very sniffly Dan Sinker. Oh, Dan. Oh, Dan. Maureen. Dan. Maureen, how are you? Oh, Dan. You sound a little sighy. I'm, ah, you know, it's cold here. Yeah. Busy, you know, it's it's, it's stuff happening. The book's coming out next week. You're in the shoot. You're in the book shoot, Maureen. I'm in the book shoot. I was out recording. I got here minutes before we recorded this because I was recording something else. You're very, you're very fancy. I'm not, Dan. I I spend 90% of my time going to the vet with the dog. So, you know. Well, dogs like to read. I just go to the vets and back. Been to the vet a lot this last two to three weeks, Dan. A Uh. lot. A but lot. we can hear we can hear Zelda in the background barking, barking well, enthusiastically. Yeah, that's because excitingly they're doing construction below me, and the children above are home and bouncing a ball. Oh man! Mm-hmm. You just need someone like grilling a steak outside, and she's hit the trifecta. It's so loud here, Dan. It's so loud. Uh, thump, 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 bang, bang, bang. And then I got a note under my door that said, hey, we're going to need to come into your apartment for two days and rip out your kitchen and do this and do that. And I, they said, we just need a note back saying that you see this and acknowledge us and you say we can come in. And I, I wrote back and I said, nope. <laughs> Did that work? Yeah. Wow. I just said, you yeah you you have you enough going on right now. Ah, uh, you can't do it. At a certain point, Dan, you realize you can just people that no, you you can't. No, you're not allowed. The best thing that you can say is no. 
there is Dan. Yes. Dan Sinker. Maureen Johnson. Again, have been at the vet a lot. I mean, did I have I told the story on this uh, to Elsa Sylvia yet about the perfectly round hole in Zelda's leg? You have not. Okay. So one of the many things that happened the week before Christmas is that Zelda, they had to switch her chemotherapy because one stopped working. My Zelda has has cancer. She's she's doing very well. The treatment is great. Um, it's not curable, but the treatment makes her feel well, as you can hear in yeah. the background. They said we have to start new treatment. Okay. The next day I bring her home. All right. I have her home the next day. Yeah, I'm very tired. Can you tell I'm all over the place? And You've got a lot going on. I cooked a bunch of chickpeas, Dan, and she got up on the counter and she pulled them down and she ate like four cups of chickpeas. That so, is a fart festival. Luckily, chickpeas, not harmful to dogs. Very good, full of protein. However, a dog on a new form of chemo who has just eaten four cups of cooked chickpeas, you don't really know what the symptoms are going to be at a certain point. Sure. Then I'm down on the floor cleaning up all the chickpeas and I look over and I notice that Zelda has a hole in her leg, a perfectly round hole. And I said, why does my dog have a perfectly round hole in her leg? Which meant that the whole next day I was at vets who were looked at a hole in her leg and said, that sure is a hole. So all of Christmas was spent tending to the hole in Zelda's leg, Oof. watching... Cleaning it, watching it drain, trying to figure out where it was, put what it was, putting a cone on her. After Christmas, they decided to staple it shut because it wasn't healing. And they stapled it. And then they switched the chemo again. And then something else happened. And so we I just all I do is 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 and she's worth it and I'm not complaining, but I spent a lot of time up there. And this morning I was sitting down, I'm like, everything's going great. And I swear to God, Dan, I had just checked it and I looked over and the staples in her leg were gone. Oh. Yep. She, they popped out in the like five minutes I wasn't looking this morning. She's barking again. She's, she's rambunctious. She's feeling good. Oh, she is feeling good. Well, that's great. So, it, so it's all worth it, Dan, but I don't know if I'm coming or going. So all I know is that news has been happening around... And it seems confusing, Dan. And I don't it want does. a news. And this isn't a news thing anymore. And we're not doing news, Dan. Just no. I'm just no. We have to do a little bit of news. But Ugh. before we get to the news, Maureen, we should mention that we are actually recording this one day early. Normally we record on Tuesdays to come out on Wednesdays. But we are recording Monday evening because I... Have jury duty tomorrow. Dun dun dun. Well, it's a have good you, thing. Have you ever had jury duty? I have. I never I was, have. I was the forewoman of a murder trial. Whoa. Yep. I don't think I will be picked for jury duty. Or I have to admit that I really hope that I don't get picked. I got things to do. But yes, as a result, who knows what. Bat shit shit's going to happen tomorrow, but uh, we're not talking about it. Everything's normal, Dan. Everything is not normal. Right now, as we record, the president is standing in the White House with 300 fast food hamburgers from three different <laughs> fast food locations, Maureen. Dan, we have always... I feel that on Says Who, we have 
truly been the ones who understood what this was all leading towards, what it's about, what the central image is. And it has always been a hamburger. Yeah. Yeah. I So uh, Trump is hosting the college football championship team, the Clemson Tigers, at the White House. And earlier today... He was asked, you know, what's going on? And he said, the Clemson national team will be coming tonight. It will be exciting. Very good team. Unbelievable team. I think we're going to serve McDonald's, Wendy's, and Burger King. Some pizza. I really mean it. Their favorite food. So we'll see what happens. Everything is garbage. Can I describe the photograph that I'm looking at right now? Yeah, I want to. I'm going to make this larger. I really want to get a good look at it. Yeah, I really blow so this up. In this photograph, I'll I'll zoom it as well. We're both looking at the same thing. Hmm. There's Donald Trump standing in a fancy White House room. There are candelabras on the table with real, like golden candelabras with very high. Are they what are they called? Tapers. The very hmm. the very long candlesticks. Yep. That's right. Uh, all lit. In fact, yep. in this photograph, there's a White House staffer leaning over and lighting the candles. So actual candlelight dinner. And on the table are silver serving trays piled mm. with Wendy's hamburgers. Yep. There's some Wendy's quarter there. pounders, whoppers. There are various plastic containered salads with salad dressing pouches in little separate separate little silver bowls the salads are arranged really artfully on like what look like cake plates they're like raised up a little bit there is a bag there are bags of something that i can't figure out what they are i think they're i think they're chips but they but they look like fortune cookies, but they, they look that's what I thought they were too. They look that like fortune make, cookies, but they doesn't can't make any be. sense. Doesn't Maybe make any one sense. of the salads is like a taco salad type thing, and those are like there's the, too many. There's too many of them yeah, for that. I don't know. That one's a they, mystery. I also thought maybe they were like a weird, some sort of deep fried apple finger situation. Mm, no, I don't think so. I, yeah. I think they're chips, but they're clear plastic bags. I've never heard of a chip in a clear plastic bag. I don't think they are. I don't think they're clear plastic. Also, I'm not sure that those are Wendy's burgers. They look like ra- like tacos or wraps of some kind. Yeah, they are slightly longer than they are wide. Mm-hmm. I just assume then- the, the Wendy's is a weird shaped burger anyway. Maybe they've gotten weirder in the 30 years since I've eaten one. I feel like this photo... Is like a mystery in one where you have to, <laughs> this, this is the only clue you get and you have to figure out what happened. Like Trump, oh. okay, tr- Trump is alone in the middle of the frame and he appears to be wearing, you know, that like long, long coat. coat. Yeah. yeah. That, what's that three quarter length kind of awkward coat that he wears. That, yeah. And he's standing there in the middle of this large reception room. Behind him is just one small high top table. Yeah. That seems to be the only only place to eat is this one <laughs> very small high top table. He's wearing a coat. 
there's all this fast food piled up. Um, you can see a lot of cameras and hands in the frame of the photo. And then there's just this one guy who's got his coat off. He's in his shirt sleeves and suspenders reaching over to light these candles. Yeah. And, um, and just endless pot. Are there more photos? I could look at this forever. There's, man. Uh, there's video. There is a video, Maureen. Oh, wait, there's another angle of this. MSNBC has another angle. Uh, wow, that is an off. Oh, well, they have real plates. Oh, my God, there's dipping sauces in the middle for the chicken nuggets. Oh, oh God, they're chicken nuggets. Mm, that's so here's, that must be what they are. Here's the thing that I don't totally, that really, here's the thing that really grosses me out. Mm-hmm. So... I've said before that uh, fast food burgers are a total like stress eat thing for me. I don't eat them much, but I do occasionally enjoy one, especially when I'm stressed out about something. All of this food is stone cold. Mm -hmm. They are not on chafing dishes. No, this was not food that was prepared in the White House. No. So it was purchased and mass at three mm-hmm. different places, yes. driven back, set up, put mm-hmm. on a plates, yep. brought up here. The team is not here yet. They are taking photographs and questions with the president. It's probably, what, two hours from purchase to consumption? Yeah. They are not on chafing dishes. There is no steam tray. This is just food sitting out in piles. Imagine the texture of the French fry, Maureen. I don't want to. The cold, tepid French fry. Just rubbery. Yeah. Wiggly. Just, you can't, like it just, you chew it, but it never comes apart. It's when it loses its noble curve and yeah. just starts to flop. It's like eating a piece of salty leather. Flaccid, flaccid. Yeah. And now I'm studying oh. this other photo from another direction, and there is still just the one very small high-top table. So I really don't know where they're going to eat. <laughs> well, and it's also uh, uh, the packaging, the Wendy's stuff of unknown origin. W-S-U-O. The W-S-U-O. The Wendy stuff of unknown (laughs) origin. That stuff you could pick up and eat because it's in a wrapper, right? But everything else, all of the burgers are in a like a cardboard clamshell, which is not like if they were wrapped like McDonald's used to do. You just kind of fold back the wrapping and you could at least eat and stand. But with the cardboard clamshell, that's an awkward, that's an awkward stand and eat. Those are Let really alone the quite, salads. Those are quite high tapers. This, with the long candles and the candelabras, it looks like this is this is like Liberace's cheat yeah, night. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly it. He's uh, just like I'm. I'm just gonna really go for it and get fifty Big Macs. Light all like my a, candles. It's like. This is the setup for a performance art piece from 1991. <laughs> <sighs> this is um, 
My, oh my. It's really something. And I mean, it's a lot of burgers. It's a lot. It's a lot of food. The idea that grown adult men, this is their favorite food. I don't believe that. I I do believe that it's his. But like, this is the dream meal of like a seven year old kid. This is the Trumpiest thing that's ever happened. It is. Like this photograph is in a hundred years. There's like two lasting photographs that you'll ever need to understand the Trump administration. This is one and his like getting on to Marine One after he after he resigns is the other. <sighs> Anyway, he says that this was, had to happen because a lot of the White House are furloughed. Sure. They so, also claim that he paid for it, which, let's get real. Uh, apparently, it is um, 300 hamburgers. Yeah. So there you go. How many they, people are on a basketball team? Well, it's a football team. And oh, you're asking the wrong guy. Because I don't, I don't know. know. But I mean, 60, I mean, you 100 see photographs. Yeah, you see photographs of the various sports teams that go. So it's like you've got the players, you've got the coaches, you've got, you know, if, if it's a college, I'm sure like the, you know, esteemed members of the college go. But I mean, let's be generous and say 80 people. It's a lot of hamburgers. It's a lot of cold hamburger. It just it grosses me out to think of the texture like there there is a there is in directly in front of the guy lighting the candles. Those mm-hmm. are boxes of fillet of fish. I'm that's not going to be tasty. A cold fillet of fish is a nightmare. Boy, oh boy. I feel uh, have we gone peak America now or are we? Um... He so I was uh, I, there is video of this and he is asked like what is your favorite Mr. Trump what's your favorite of the food here and he's like I love all of it as long as it's American I love it so yes we are peak America we're in a cartoon now we are it did make me realize that Donald Trump is the kind of person who thinks a three foot sub is probably like very fancy party sub yeah if he ate lunch meat, this would all be party subs. But I don't I don't believe that he eats lunch meat. Was it and this is apparently all because the staff has been furloughed. So yeah. this is what he did. We are on the 23rd day of the government shutdown. This is why ostensibly they can't cook real food for human adults and have to get big boy food. Um But this is the other thing, Maureen. Right now, nobody's inspecting food. (laughs) That's one of the jobs. The thing about the government, a lot of the government's job is just to ensure that people don't die in random ways. And nobody's doing that stuff right now. Nobody's inspecting food. Although... Mm. It turns out that is uh, meat slaughterhouses are still being inspected. And that is because the Food and Drug Administration requires a FDA inspector on site or they can't operate. And I guess it was decided that shutting down meat slaughterhouses across the country was not good optics. But no other food is being inspected, Maureen. 
Well, as someone again who who had a um, five week intestinal stomach intestinal bug from probably some kind of food poisoning thing over the summer, that was super gross. Um, I guess I'm just not going to eat any food for a while. Well, here's the thing that should make you feel better. Cool. Uh, NPR gave, had a story about it, and they had an FDA official who explained there's nothing. There's nothing to worry about about no food inspection happening because, quote, the FDA carries out routine inspections at most plants only once every few years. So 99% of the country's non-meat food facilities were not going to be inspected this month anyway. Feel better? Look, it's time. I mean, I'm always going to suggest people go vegetarian. I know that that runs counter to what you just said, but Dan, I just... You know, those lentils from before are fine. The local green market. That, that's, you know, do that. I don't know, Maureen. Lettuce has been having a hard time back when the government even was open. Mm. That's all well, I'm saying. Let's go get some cheeseburgers. You know, the, the meat slaughterhouse food inspectors may not be being paid, but they're at least there. I'm sure they're doing a good job. Well, that's really the only problem that the shutdown has caused. So it's... Yeah. Also, nobody's inspecting airplanes for safety right now because the FAA's safety inspectors have been furloughed. But again, don't worry, Maureen, because the airline industry is policing itself. Cool. Well, industry policing itself. I mean, that's always worked. And especially the airline industry has always had an exemplary record of taking care of itself. There's nothing uh, nothing to worry about there. The TSA is not being paid, though they do have to work. Cool. There are random random reports of, of various TSA places having to be shut down because of staffing issues, because there's a lot of sick outs and things that are beginning. Air traffic, also, con- air traffic controllers f- aren't being paid. That's because that's, that's not a stressful job. No. Um, there are food banks opening up at airports. Yeah, they, I think they they think it was the Atlanta airport opened a food bank for its TSA workers, which is, I mean, which is very thoughtful. Um, yeah. but not a thing that should be happening. No, no. Also, uh, you know, if you want to get away from it, the national parks are open. You love a park. I do love a park. You don't want to use the bathrooms right now because nobody's cleaning them. I see. And in California, Joshua Tree State Park, people are cutting down Joshua trees so that they can ride their four-wheelers around. So that seems great. I hate everybody. (laughs) Here's my big worry, Maureen. Mm Mm-hmm. And seeing Trump... Standing at a candle, golden candelabra table surrounded by fast food only makes me more worried about this. Right. Trump's entire sense of self stopped in the 1980s. And in the 1980s, everything was super crappy. (laughs) So like shitty food inspection and planes that don't work and national parks going to shit and people just eating fast food because nobody can cook a real meal. Like that's all kind of his worldview. 
That's normal. Yes. Well, the good news is, I'm sure this shutdown will be resolved soon. Oh, easily. It's just a just a matter of... He does keep saying that he's all alone in the White House waiting. Dan, he is tweeting a lot. Yeah. Yeah, he is he is tweeting a lot and I mean we have already commented on how often he mentions how alone he is and all of that but yesterday yesterday there was like a glimmer of a moment of a heartbeat that came from him when he tweeted wish I could share with everyone the beauty and majesty of being in the White House and looking outside at the snow-filled lawns at, and rose garden Really is something. Special country, special place. <laughs> Those last two were in all caps. He's sitting in front of a pile of cheeseburgers tonight, Dan. <laughs> he's walk. He's only got two high top tables. He's got three hundred cheeseburgers and two little tables, giant candles, and he's walking around talking about how alone he is in the snow. Do you think this is it? Like, this does feel like his last meal. If he were to be asked, like, what is your last meal? It would be 300 cheeseburgers and some chicken nuggets and some fries. What if the next two years is just this? The government shut down. He gets 300 cheeseburgers a night and walks around the increasingly empty, un- unmaintained White House by himself. Like Boo that Radley. That seems entirely plausible. And that people pass by and go, wow, they haven't had a staff in there for 20 years. And it's just sort of the Rose Garden over the course of a, a decade becomes fuller and fuller of discarded hamburger wrapping because nobody's <laughs> and- there to take it out. It's just he chucks the wrappers out the window. I think they starts to bury staff members in the yard. Yeah. And make impromptu kind of grave markers. Sure. Just like they make a cross out of uh out of old fries. Yeah. They just he just he throws them outside. <laughs> he just covers them in the snow, the new fallen snow. Well, Kellyanne stopped working. It just throws her out. <laughs> so dark. He leaves one hamburger stuffed in their mouth. Dan. For the birds, Maureen. When is this shutdown going to end? Really? Uh, like, really? Because he's saying he wants these. The, he, he, we're, we're, we, we stopped the government over a completely ridiculous cartoon imaginary thing. Yes. And he's and, digging in more and more. Right. Dan, when is it when when is it going to stop? I don't think it will. I mean, I think it's entirely plausible. Your scenario of 300 cheeseburgers a night and no functional government ever again seems entirely realistic. Do you think it could go on for another month? Easily. I think we will see the first state of the union address ever while a government is shut down. What if a plane crashes, God forbid, or a, you know, a, there's an outbreak of something? Yeah. Yeah, what if the government is closed for 3 weeks? 
Anyway. He was feeling especially alone this weekend, Maureen. Why, Dan? Because nobody was there to clean up the whoopsies in his pantsies. Uh-oh. When on Friday night, the New York Times reported that uh, right after Trump fired James Comey, the FBI opened a counterintelligence investigation into whether or not the president of the United States was secretly working with or co-opted by Russia. Now, Dan. Mm-hmm. I've heard about this, obviously. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. It's one of those things that when you really hear it. Yeah. It's hard to know what to say about it. It's. It is one of those things that you realize just how far beyond the bend we are. That you hear it and you're like, okay, first, yeah, that checks out. And second, wait, did I not know that already? And then third, you're just like, okay, cool. I'm going to go about the rest of my normal life. Even though the president of the United States is being investigated by his own Federal Bureau of Investigations for possibly being a Russian asset. Which is different than the FBI investigating the ties to the camp. But that always the seems... You're, yeah, you're just like, oh, well, yeah, they've been doing that. It's like, no, 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 no. Right. It's that... Hmm. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. yeah, and they they couldn't do that unless they kind of had a reason to do that. Uh, apparently, in order to do that, even just with a normal person, there's a lot of evidence that needs to be cited, and we're talking about the fucking president of the United States. Yep. Yeah. So that's cool. And then Saturday, we got one of those. It's been a while since we've had one of those New York Times, Washington Post kind of one-two punch maneuvers. But on Saturday, the Washington Post reported that Trump, quote, has gone to extraordinary lengths to conceal details of his conversations with Vladimir Putin from everyone, including senior members of his administration. That seems chill. Now, Dan. Yes, ma'am. Again, I've heard about this. Mm Mm-hmm. And yet. Yeah, and yet. When you hear it. It includes him at one meeting where one of his translate where his translator was present and and Putin and Putin's translator were present Trump demanded the translator's notes afterwards mm-hmm. later that evening this was in Helsinki or no this was in Hamburg sorry in uh July 2017 uh he and Putin later that evening had another meeting where only Putin's translator was present Yeah. Seems so, great. Uh, 
Dan? Yes. I think I need about 300 hamburgers. Yeah, that seems about right. So what what do you do when you're that stressed out, when you're alone and you're, these things are happening? What, what do you do? You call your good friends at Fox News so that they can lob you some softballs and you can tell your side of the story. Which, Maureen, brings us to today's episode of Says Hoosterpiece Theater. Playing the role of Donald Trump tonight is Maureen Johnson. And playing the role of Janine Pirro is Dan Sinker. Okay, so you're sitting there waiting for a deal. The Democrats are not sitting with you. If this isn't an emergency, I don't know what is. Well, I haven't actually left the White House in months. And in all fairness, I'm doing a lot of other work. It's not just that, but that's a very important element of what I'm doing because we have to get the southern border done. And I've been here virtually every night, I guess, every every night other than one day I flew to Iraq and then to Germany to see some troops. Yes. And it was great. To see them, it was great. The level of love they have for this country is incredible. So I flew there and then I came back. I'm not actually sure I missed a night per se, but basically I've been here for many months in the White House. And I, you know, I'm a, I'm a worker. I know you. I'm like you. I'm a worker. You are a worker. And frankly, I'm ready, willing, and able to get a deal done. But they don't. They think it's politics. I think it's bad politics. This country wants to have protection at the borders. Many of our crimes, much. MS-13 comes through the border. Drugs, a big proportion of the drugs from, you know, that we have from this country in this country come through the border. The human trafficking where they tie women up, they put duct tape over their mouth. Right. Electrical tape. And they bring them in. They traffic in women and children and they come through the border. The areas I'm talking about putting a wall. We do that can't happen anymore. It's unbelievable. It's only politics. That's the game they're playing. I actually think it's bad politics for them. So then, you know, when Nancy Pelosi won, you were warmly in November congratulated her. And are you still confident you can get a deal done with her or has that ship sailed? No idea. No idea. Well, we won also. You know, we won the Senate. Right, right. And, you know, there are those who would say that the Senate is more important. And for the most part, I campaigned for the Senate. Yes. And we got very little credit. Like even you, you just said they won. We won the Senate. We actually picked up additional seats. You you did, yeah. We beat incumbents, Democrat. And almost everywhere I went, we won. But you know, I'm one person. And the House had many races. Yet we won some great races where I went. But we won the Senate, Janine. And we picked up two additional seats. It's 53 to 47. Right. It was forty with fifty-one to forty-nine. Okay, all right. Uh, so for the last time, given that they don't want to seem to come to the table, you've done all the negotiation. Why not declare? There's 
Well, that might not happen. But I want to give them a chance to see if they can act responsibly. Okay. They should act responsibly. We're talking about the border. And I have a, I have to say a lot of, I, I have to say, a lot of the people that aren't getting their checks are letting us know we don't care. You've got to solve the crisis at the border. It's a humanitarian crisis and it's national security. It's very important. Okay. And it's interesting. That's what I heard yesterday from some of the Border Patrol agents. Now, I want to move on to another subject. The New York Times reported that the FBI opened a counterintelligence investigation the day after you fired James Comey in May of 17. And the investigation was whether you were actively working for Russia or unwittingly working. So I'm going to ask you, are you now or have you ever worked for Russia, Mr. President? I think it's the most insulting thing I've ever been asked. It, I think it's the most insulting article I've ever had written. And if you read the article, you'd see that they found absolutely nothing. But the headline of that article, it's called the failing New York Times for a reason. They've gotten me wrong for three years. They've actually gotten me wrong for many years before that. But look at what you've got going on. You know, I fired James Comey. I call him lying James Comey because he was a terrible liar and he did a terrible job as the FBI director. Jesus, this word salad. Look at what happened with the Hillary Clinton and the emails and the Hillary Clinton investigation. One of the biggest screw ups that anybody's ever seen as an investigation and you know what happened after I fired him? Andrew McCabe, Peter Strzok? Strzok. Fuck it. His lover, Lisa Page. They did it. And you know, they're all gone, Stuart. They're all gone. You, you're you not like the other people here at this trailer park. I, that's not this. This is a song. Most of those people, many, many people from the top ranks of the FBI, they've all been fired and they've had to leave our, and they're gone. This is what they're talking about. And obviously nothing was found. And I tell you this, if you ask any of the folks in Russia, I've been tougher on Russia than anyone else. Any other, probably any other president, period. But certainly in the last three or four presidents, modern day presidents, nobody's been as tough as I am ever from any standpoint, including the fact that we've done oil like we've never done it. We're setting records in country with oil and exporting oil and many other things, which is obviously not great for them because that's what they, that's where they get their money for the most part, but many other things. So I think it was a great insult. And the New York Times is a disaster as a paper. It's a horrible thing, they said. And they've gone so far that people that weren't necessarily believers are now big believers because they said that was a step too far. They are really a disaster of a newspaper. Dan, Dan. Dan, 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 this is batshit insane. Yes. <laughs> what's happening? Dan, what's happening? Like, I know that we ask this all the time. Says uh-huh. Huvia, what's happening? What's happening? Why? It, the government shut down and it's cheeseburgers and the invest. What is this? Is this what it's going to be like until the Mueller report comes out? Is every night going to be cheeseburgers and, and calling into Fox? Yes. This is legitimately what my I, my close relative I constantly reference is like. This kind of weird rant and then 3 a.m. going into the freezer for the jalapeno poppers. Like this is, I know these people. 
I know what this is like. This is like my aunt who stored all of her money in the peanut butter jars and then a bird committed suicide, Dan. This is how they talk. Uh, it what is, the fuck is that? I mean, honestly, what do you think is happening? I mean, he's freaking the fuck out. He's freaking the fuck out on two ways. He's got nowhere to go on this government shutdown shit. There is no there is no winning for him. Added to the fact that his the way he defines winning is by someone else losing, right? Right. He's not there's no win in this for him. And he I think he knows it. And so he's just done. Like that's like you asked earlier, like, is the government ever going to reopen? I don't know. Like, I don't know how it's going to work with him because this is a man whose entire life is defined by walking away from shit when it fails. Right. Like by declaring bankruptcy, by walking away, by letting it fall apart and then by, you know, Doing it all over again. But he's not in a situation where he can declare bankruptcy. You know, he's and and he's not in a situation where he can just walk away because he's been called out too hard. So he can't just be like, fuck it, I'm out now. You know, like. So I don't know what he does. So he's got that. And then he's got. The Mueller thing getting closer and closer and closer and closer to him. You know, in addition, in that in the Piro interview, he was asked. Michael Cohen has now said that he's going to testify to Congress before he goes to prison. That also happened this week when we were. Yeah. Didn't it? Yeah. The test the testifying didn't. But the Cohen yeah. Cohen saying that he that he would give a full and, and accurate account to Congress, to the Democratic Congress. Um. Like, he's lost it. This man has lost everything now. And he's just dug in, surrounding himself with fast food. And he's just never coming out. I mean, relatable. Sure. It's very human. I mean, one of the first nights he gave a speech and as president and I sat there and then to fight back the tears, I ordered a, a piece of cake online. <laughs> I just had a piece of cake delivered. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only time I've ever done that. During uh during the, the few months that my dad was in and out of the hospital before he died, let me tell you, I ate a lot of McDonald's on the way to the hospital or the way yeah. from the hospital or both the way to the hospital and the way from the hospital. I ate a lot of Big Macs is what I'm saying. Are we, I, we're headed for some kind of finale. I mean, there's a lot of talk that the Mueller report may be out as soon as next month. Yeah. What in the name of ever loving fuck is going to happen to him? Dan, you know, just why won't you tell me? It's, it's going to be fine. It'll be totally fine, Maureen. So I think I'm, we're going to go through a super chill moment. Okay, Dan, do you think, was he a knowing participant or an unknowing participant is sort of the only question I've got left. I vacillate 
I guess part of it is defining what knowing participant is. Right. Did he know about, encourage, and push on business deals in Russia? Um, absolutely. All of the Trump Moscow project stuff, I firmly believe he knew all about. He, it's well known, though rarely talked about, that, you know, the last decade or so of the Trump Foundation was basically funded by like Russian oligarchs and mafia and stuff like that. So like he's his business side, he's already already been wrapped up in Russia. Did he knowingly conspire with the Russians to win the election? Did Donald Trump? My gut says no. Because they knew he was dumb as shit and wouldn't right. be able to not talk. Right. But there are a lot of people around him that knew. And I think that, well, we just kept him out of the last loop because he's a dumb fuck is probably not a great defense strategy. Right. That's my gut right now is yeah. that there, there's a level of detail that he didn't know. Yeah, because I, because nobody trusted him to not just blab it out live on TV at some point. Because the last step of the plan was he's an idiot. Right. So I mean, the, you know, he's he's told, you know, we now have enough information to understand that he knew that there that WikiLeaks was going to be leaking emails of russian origin and he immediately gets on tv and is like hey russia if you have emails i'll make it worth your while to let them go right like so at that point everyone had to have been like don't tell the fucking idiot anything else oh god i never with that particular one because i don't think about that so much yeah what if he, he heard and then just immediately said something Right. He heard it. And then he was like, oh, cool. I must say it. And then they're going to come out and I'm going to look like amazing. Jesus, that's very possible. Yeah. So I think that I think that. Part of the reason that he can at least be somewhat convincing in the 8000 times a day that he says witch hunt witch hunt no collusion it's because he was kept out of at least the last loop and i guess maybe he thinks that the fact that he didn't actually walk away with a bag with the word loot written on the side means he's innocent exactly yeah you you we're also dealing with someone who's yeah, his definition of criminality is significantly a significantly higher bar than your or mine or the government's. Well, that is a lot. That is a lot. It's only going to get more a lot. Yeah, what are these next couple weeks going to be like? To... Here we go. Here we go. Hey, listen. If this all gets too much, there's another podcast you can check out. That's right. Our sponsor, Greater Boston, is returning from their mid-season break on January 29th with episode 32 to seek out new life and new civilizations. 
featuring a special guest appearance by Tim Russ of Star Trek Voyager. Following the election of the new mayor of the subterranean train city of Redline, several pre- uh, residents of, sorry, I've been saying president so much, of Greater Boston plan to the next stage of their lives while attending a Star Trek convention. Plus, in this episode, gifted voice actress Julia Moritzawa, the titular Dr. Bright of the Bright Sessions, joins the regular cast. Greater Boston is an alt-universe urban fantasy in which the subway's red line secedes to form its own independent city that roams beneath the city, the streets of Boston. Everyone thinks it's a comedy, but it's not. Maybe it is. It's complicated. Uh, so check that out. I mean, it. Uh, they have been a wonderful sponsor. And honestly, that sounds where, like where I want to live. No kidding. I mean, come on. Riding in a train, being your own city, I'm in. I'm in. Greater Boston became a sponsor of Says Who by going to patreon.com slash says who and joining at the Main Street mogul level. Yes, for $50 a month, you get Maureen reading your ad on Says Who. I'll advertise anything. She will. She's not kidding. She spent two years advertising something that has never given us a dime, so think of what she'll do for you. But maybe you don't have 50 bucks. If you go to patreon.com slash says who, you can join at really any level, and there's all kinds of cool stuff. At the $5 level, you get extra content, including coming out the same week that Maureen Johnson's new book, The Vanishing Stare, comes out. A conversation between me and author Maureen Johnson about writing yeah we did a lot of writing and employment we did advice yeah out a little later this week will be uh a one of you one of our listeners asked us to list every job we have ever worked and i think we only got to about what age like 22 each of us and it was like 40 minutes later and we decided that maybe we needed to stop but uh yeah so that that one's going to come out a little later this week and then next week Maybe I'll drop it the same day your book comes out. Boom. Yes. Uh, you talking about writing, including talking about this book. That's at the $5 level. Get on it. Patreon.com slash says who. Our theme music is performed by Blue Apron's own Ted Leo. It's not Blue Apron. He's independent. Ted believes in himself. He's, he's Blue Apron. He's his own God and his own master. He's green Apron. We will always on this episode, on this show, thank Darth. Thank Darth, you, Darth, we love you. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter and email at hey, that is H-E-Y, at SaysWhoPodcast.com. Our join the discussion. Join it at Facebook at slash groups slash Says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. She's your other half. She is. Do you want to see us live? We will be in Nashville, Tennessee at the Pod X conference May 31st through June 2nd. Nashville is one of my favorite places. What are you I'm going to say there? this right now, Maureen. Yep. If you come and you're a Sezhuvian, I will walk around the Country Music Hall of Fame with you and probably you will see me cry because I love that place a lot. You can get your tickets at podx.com slash says who. 
Join us on January 23rd for our next episode. If you spread the word, subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever you listen. We believe this does something very good. No That's one knows what we exactly. Keep being told. Yeah, it's like it it will help us help you. Right. And it is free. It's not it's just costs nothing. Dan, this time next week, my book will be out. It is going to be out this time next week. So I'm going to be real barfy, twitchy. So not like normal. You're going to be on tour. You're oh. going to be making appearances. You're going to be you're going to be you're going to be the lady about town. Yeah, we're going to have to be the big author. We're going to have a big author tour. Yeah, I guess you're going to be amazing. I'm just going to keep talking every time you try to say something. Okay, well, because I'm so excited for you and your book. Thank you, but yeah, Scott, guys, just can't stand it. I'm so excited. Okay, um, you done? The Vanishing Stare out next week. Jeez, oh, we're gonna have to record on Monday. Yeah, we're gonna bid. This is two Mondays in a row. Your reason is far more exciting than mine. I don't know. A book coming out is way cooler than Jury Duty because on the twenty. Second, when on the Tuesday, I will be in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. Yeah, you will. At the Doylestown Bookshop at, I I think, 7 o'clock? Let's call sure it it's, that. I think it's 7 o'clock. I have Get it all up. there five my... just to be ready, just to be so in front. If you're from like there, just come. If you leave. live in Philly and you've never looked at a map, Doylestown is right next door. Also, it, it it's really close and it's super cute. Where else are you going? Cincinnati. That's a nice uh, place. Uh, outside of Boston, I forget the city. Do you mean it, Greater Boston? I wish I no, but I would love to appear on Greater Boston, just literally in the sentient train. And then the next night, we're in, I believe it's Madison, Connecticut, at RJ Julia. And then the night after that, we're in Eastchester, New York, which is a Scarsdale area at Barnes and Noble. And then the Day after that, we're in New York City at Books of Wonder. You are setting New England on fire is what you're doing. Dan, they put sweet and sour sauce in gravy boats. Still in the pack. Oh, that's what was there. In the... In in, gravy boats. In the gravy boats. (sighs) He... Art directed this whole thing, didn't he? This is his crowning achievement. He is going to talk about this for months. Blue Apron. You know how Steve Jobs must have had a moment where he was like, blue jeans and a black turtleneck, that's it for me. (laughs) Right. Like I just found my thing. I just never doing anything but this. This is Donald Trump's Steve Jobs moment. This is his blue jeans and a black turtleneck. Dan, we're never going to get past this. We need to get Helen. We may have to do a special episode with Helen. She's traveling. She was actually just in Los Angeles at the same time as me, but we were booked on the other side of the gigantic city from oh, each other. 
oh, sorry, we were both in L.A., but we, you know, we were just trying to meet up. You know how it is. Anyway. L.A. Dan. I'm not in Los Angeles anymore. L.A. Dan. It's my new, it's my new hour-long procedural drama, L.A. Dan. I love it. I'm in. Let's pitch it, because I'm ready to move, honestly. honestly. It was warm. Every yeah. single person in Los Angeles was complaining about how cold it was, and I was like, fuck all of you right now. Anyway, at least for now, from my basement in Chicago, I'm Dan Sinker. From 300 Cheeseburgers, I'm Maureen Johnson. This has been Says Who. Yeah, I wonder what Amy Carter Shue has to say about all that food. Oh, you motherfucker, what are you eating, you big cheeseburger eating fuckface? Why don't you dip there she balls is. in sauce? You big scrot. <laughs> I love Amy Carter Shoe so much. You have your taint looks like a chicken nugget. <laughs> you big fuckhead. Oh, I love you, Amy Carter Shoe. Why'd you go fuck yourself? <laughs> Sweet and sour, my asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I just got lightheaded. Knock that! <laughs> Who's there? Fuck you, you big fuck face, big back fucker fuck. Oh, guess what? Is that a chicken nugget you got there? Yes. Ah, I thought it was your dick. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Amy Carter's shoe is the insult comic we deserve. Hey, you know what I call a happy meal? What? <laughs> Your balls and a pack of ketchup, you old fuck face. <laughs> uh... You smell like a potato.